0: I can't never stop working hard. Each day I feel I have to improve. Hard work. Determination. I've got to keep pushing myself.
1: Hello! And welcome to Hiya, the only podcast that has the power to break a stack of bricks with either head, but the sensitivity to play Jingo with its hands tied behind its back. <laughs> 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 uh, yeah, Wu Song is going to break the monocles tonight. Wait, the manacles. Uh, <laughs> episode 7, recorded April 22nd, 2012, starts now.
2: Oh, that's a- that's I-, you- I like the variation there. Uh, yeah. yeah, I got to
1: keep you fuckers guessing.
2: <laughs> <laughs> right out of the box, I dropped the F bomb. Well, They're going to call all right. us explicit sooner or later. That's all right. <laughs> Okay, we if got to bang up if they don't call us explicit after number six.
1: Yeah, yeah, we're working on it. <laughs> we're working hard. <laughs> All right, we got a bang up show for you today. We've got another hometown hero, Sifu Gary Mitchell, as our in studio guest. Say howdy or hiya. Howdy hiya. Okay, perfect. Both. Yeah, and uh, we're gonna get to know him and his style a little better, and uh, also pick his brain for a discussion topic: public martial arts demonstrations. Yay. Uh, Some housewives do's and don'ts. And as usual, Craig will have the news and I will bring some Indonesian ultraviolence to the media mop up. Quick question, Dave.
3: And more. Um, Public uh, demonstrations that we're talking about, that's different from the private demonstrations that we normally do, right? Yeah. (laughs) All right. Just want to be (laughs) clear. Like the one I
1: showed you about five minutes ago. You remember that one? I can't talk about that. No, you can't because (laughs) that would take us beyond explicit and into illicit. He can't.
2: He can't talk about his other private demos
1: either, because yeah, they involve right.
2: the happy ending, <laughs> no, if you know it's... what I'm saying. <laughs>
1: we're, we're talking public. So uh, how's everybody doing this week? I think we're all right. Yeah, you know. Tired. Yeah. I'm well, always I, tired. I know you're things. exhausted, and I'm exhausted and kind of sick, And uh, but Gary over here is beautiful.
4: Very <laughs> beautiful.
1: As a matter of fact, the more I drink, the better looking you get.
4: All oh, the beer <laughs> goggles. He just touched my knee. I know. I'm, <laughs> <laughs> I'm close enough to fondle over here. This is good. <laughs>
1: so, uh, yeah, well, we're going to move on. You know, we flip the script when we have an in studio guest and, uh, we get to know them before we jump into the discussion topic. So we're going to move along to that here very shortly. Um, uh, anybody else have anything they want to clean up
3: here? No. um, we you know nothing new with the website really where everything's going good we're getting more and more subscribers and all that good stuff we appreciate all the comments and feedback everybody's giving us the, um, the, and the again, facebook
1: page is blowing up
3: it is well it is. by
1: blowing up i mean people actually use their index finger to click like
3: yes so
1: i like that and they're not even gonna friends click of it, ours click, click <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. some
2: of them aren't even people
1: we know i know there's like like 50 people have liked that page and i've only got like six friends so. <laughs> half of them are in the room That's right. uh, <clears throat> and what i what i would like to remark on right here at the front of the show because as drunk as i am right now i may not finish hi. <laughs> uh, <laughs> hi, is the fact that we have actually had uh via the show via the website via other places we have some listeners kicking in input Yes, which indeed, is nice. and that's what we awesome. like. That's what we it. like to hear. Keep
3: End it coming, folks. If indeed. you know you, you're, you're yeah. worried about uh, too much, uh, who knows? You don't want to have your name read over there. Well, we're not doing that, obviously. So just you know, tell us how you feel about the. Yeah, and but can,
1: but if you do want your name read over the air, just say so, and we'll read yeah, it. We'll be happy yeah. to. Yeah. And of course, you <laughs> can do
2: all this uh, um, mailbag at hiyaapodcast.com Hiya dot yep. com. That's h i y a a podcast. dot com. You can like us on Facebook. You visit the website, HayaPodcast.com, where you can also comment, check us out streaming, and, uh, you know, check out our show notes and all that other good stuff.
3: Yeah, and you can can also, you know, if you're a student uh, at at whatever kind of school um, and you think your teacher would be a badass uh, person we ought to interview... Shoot us a note. We'd love to hear about it.
1: Well, that's magnificent. Jay and Craig is always dropping the correct for you. Uh, (laughs) And the one thing I want to mention before we move on is I had one comment in particular that really warmed my heart because this guy says, hey, it makes my 35-minute drive to work seem like it just flies by. You know, that's why I started listening to podcasts because I am not real smart and I get bored easily and podcasts keep me sane when i'm doing all that crap in life that you have to do like drive to work yeah. or whatever so i'm glad somebody's getting that from
2: yeah no from doubt. us well, and not just one 35 minute drive but several
1: yeah, yeah. <laughs> it happened. exactly we'll get you all the way to thursday people, because yes, we, will we will talk and talk and talk all right, well, we're going to dip into some intro music and then we're going to get to know Gary Mitchell. Okay, we're back. Uh, We have quite a guest in store for you today. (laughs) Sifu Gary Mitchell, who we have primed with alcohol, so don't blame him for anything (laughs) he says tonight. (laughs) Uh, All right, Gary, uh, let's start off with the basics, with the brass tacks. Uh, Tell us how you got interested in martial arts as a wee lad. Okay. You know what? Actually, I should stop right here. Because I forgot that everyone listening to this doesn't know you already. So why don't you tell us briefly who you are and what you do? There you go. That might. Okay. And then we'll go. get to the origin story. And then story. we'll get to the origin story.
4: Okay. <laughs> it was a
1: radioactive <laughs> accident, I'm sure. But. <laughs>
4: <laughs> Got bit by a spider. And, uh, you know, it all started from there. Um, well, my name is Gary Mitchell. I am the chief instructor of the Jen Hong School of Gong Fu. Uh, we've been open now for going into 17 years. Uh, we teach uh, Guangdong style Hung and a, and a Taiwanese style of Hung uh, We have classes in Chin style Taiji. We teach uh, Shaolin Chikong. Um, basically, more or less, we've had a few different locations. We moved our school probably more a times than few. I would admit. <laughs> <laughs> You'd think I was gambling and lost the school and you know, went to <laughs> all these different locations, but. Um, yeah. I mean, more or less. I mean, we've, uh, we've been around the city for a little while. We've known, we've seen teachers come and go and, you know, some good, some bad, you know, but overall, I mean, you know, the survivability of a martial arts school is something to be said, regardless of who it is and what they do. No,
1: congratulations,
4: you're officially an old-timer in the Atlanta circuit at this (laughs) point. Yes, you are. Yes, you are. I'm a vintage classic. That's right. (laughs) That's exactly right.
3: But you're also, let me just point out from a third-person point of view, he's also one of the the very few successful traditional Chinese martial artists to own and operate a professional school.
1: And we'll delve deeper into that in a little while. Definitely. I think it may have something to do around the later part of the interview or our discussion
4: topic. Oh, yeah. True. Also, under, use that word professional kind
3: of lightly, because hey, when I say hey, look, professional, no, I mean no, no. you make money at it. Like you You're know.
1: professional because this is what you do for a living. I'm a professional shit disturber. As well.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the club. Bravo. Well,
1: I do that, and I don't get paid for it, so congratulations. out <laughs> <Sean laughs> of the Shave. All right. All right. So let's back up. What got you interested in martial arts? Because I know you didn't flop out of the womb and want to karate kick somebody. No. I, Something um, had to happen there.
4: Well, let's see. All right. As a kid, uh, the very first, you know, Kung Fu film, I guess I, you know, would say got me interested, ironically enough, is Ultraman. Yeah. Oh, yeah. With the paint swirling together. Exactly. At the yes. Oh, the, I loved they, it. Know, the, mm-hmm. And I mean, he wasn't even doing Kung Fu, but, you know. Kicking the ass out of Godzilla and whoever else he was beating up with his you know <laughs> ah! Whatever giant lizard or insect happened to up I mean up. he would yeah. you know he would kick, he would do his chops and all that, and I was it, it intrigued me, and then you know, I, I would stay up real late at night when I wasn't supposed to, and I saw, you know, uh Five Fingers of Death was one of the first fu movies I saw. Yeah. Uh,
1: and that's actually a good one.
4: And then, you know, from there it went into Shogun's Assassin. Oh, and, man, I love you that know, movie. these things kind of drew me into the martial arts and I you know, I had friends that studied Taekwondo because that was, you know, known in the in the town I was living in, but I knew that wasn't what Five Fingers of Death was doing. So right. I was like, I'm not interested in that. And also my you mother You wanted wa- to
1: learn how to fight with a bench. Well, my mother wasn't gonna <laughs> be able to afford the
4: Taekwondo, so I was like, I gotta find something. Right. So more or less I knew that I was intrigued by a martial art that, you know, expanded past the idea of, you know, just the kick punch idea and, you know, five fingers of death was really intriguing to me. But I knew I wasn't going to get the glowing, Ironside palm, you know, the, ooh,
0: right,
3: ooh, you know that whole thing.
4: So I like the sound. Can you do that again, please?
3: Ooh. <laughs> ooh. <laughs> I'm getting uh, chills. That's pretty
1: great. <laughs> so once you move past your um, your initial interest into actually attempting to learn some martial arts, how did that get started? Well, I just
4: give us a rundown of how you got up to speed. So, so to speak. Well, I mean, the funny part is, is I I started Kung Fu when I was eight years old and there was a girl that I had a crush on in my neighborhood Mm. and her cousin was a practitioner of Wing Chun. And I figured the best way to get to him was to try to start with her. And, you know, we we started seeing each other and this kind of thing. You know, I would always do the, you know, little kid thing where I would go and see her all the time. And I figured, well, this guy is doing Wing Chun. I'm intrigued, but I'm going to play the game with the chick. And she eventually lost interest in me because I kept being more intrigued with the guy. Which <laughs> is kind of messed up to say because it wasn't about like because he was a guy, but it was the fact he knew Wing Chun. Right. So... I sure. figured, well, sure, sure. Yeah. yeah, shut it, <laughs> shut it. So anyway, so, so basically I keep coming around this guy and I'm like, look, I really want to learn this, you know, will you teach me? And the guy did the old, you know, no, I don't want to teach anybody. I don't want students, blah, blah, blah. And I kept pestering him, kept bothering him, kept showing up. And eventually he's like, well, if you're going to fucking keep showing up, then I'm going to have to show you something because you're boring me by coming here and watching me all the time. Mm hmm. So I started learning basic moves, I, you know, silim Tao, you know, these kind of basic forms. And more or less, that's where the, you know, where the the actual classes and the actual training began. And I trained with the guy up until I was about 16 years old. And, you know, I mean, as you know, the guy was a psycho, the guy was a nut, but I did learn a lot. I really got a lot from the training. And the but- irony of it is, I mean, you know... I should probably be a very different person because of the way he taught me. But I, you know, I look back on it. I mean, the guy passed away in 2000, I want to say eight, 2006. Oh, well. Wow. And I didn't know about it until I Googled it probably about, I want to say two or three weeks ago. Uh, so it's kind of a weird shock, you know, when you don't know that somebody's you know, somebody's passed away. Um, The guy had problems. The guy was a, you know, I, I didn't know this until, I was about fourteen or fifteen. I saw him making his own crystal meth. Yikes! And you well, know, it was you know like backyard innovative. chemistry kind of thing. It's better than buying it from
1: some place where you don't know what the hell's in yeah, it.
4: Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> well, I mean, but the thing is, I I didn't know he was a junkie. You know, I mean, it was kind of one of those weird things where when he wasn't hyped up on the stuff the classes were philosophical. They were innovative. There was all kinds of things in them. And then when he was hyped up, it was about fighting. Right. Right. So, I mean, I'll admit I learned how to fight from the guy very well. I appreciated that aspect of it, but you, you certainly know when something's different about somebody's personality, when they're, when they're mm-hmm. hyped up, on when they're something. on or off. Yeah. 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 So, you know, more or less that's, that's kind of the breakthrough of where it all established and got built on. So, and so I know, and now we
1: talked extensively before the show because we had a little time to kill and we were having fun. Um, and I know you've, uh, we won't even stall it out at this part, but <clears throat> you went through several people, but you wound up through various machinations in Taiwan. Mm. Uh, now, Taiwan is where a significant number of the people I know who actually know Chinese martial arts. <laughs> have picked it up it was one of those hot spots and i'm extremely jealous that you got to go there as a very young man 18 years old was it
4: yep 18 years old i packed my bags and i just was like well you know what if i'm gonna do it i'm gonna do it and now, at Taiwan, the time one is that that
3: place where they they do the kicking with the elbows and the punching with the knees the- <laughs> <laughs> no
4: not not exactly oh <laughs> it's a place where you tie one on you know? yeah, oh,
1: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well hell we're all in taiwan then welcoming hey. um, <laughs> <laughs> you yeah. no, i didn't oh, i didn't really? realize i'd been there already <laughs> but uh you know i <clears throat> tell us tell us about your experience over there and uh and meeting the teacher whose system you carry on and and your training and what it was like for an 18 year old Guaylo, you
4: know over there well bouncing. See, i um I I packed my bags at eighteen years old. I knew that if I didn't if I didn't go to Taiwan, I was gonna either still live be living with my mother at age forty or I was gonna be some like two bit carpenter, electrician, wannabe something or another that didn't have a real profession. That's me. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. I don't, I, I I don't, don't even know. want to go past this at this point. I feel <laughs> awful. No, 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 so, keep keep going. So um I, at the time that I went, it was 1989 Tiananmen square had hit. And at the time that I was supposed to go uh, to travel abroad, I was actually going to go to China to study and Tiananmen square kind of taught me out of going to China.
1: Yeah. The guy Um, with his shopping in front of the tanks kind of turned you off to that idea. Exactly. And 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 the funny thing
4: is the whole like mainland China covering up the fact that they massacred a bunch of kid students, you know, at Mm -hmm. night Mm -hmm. and then pretended they didn't do that. It's enough to make anybody think that's not exactly the place I need to be. So, um, Hong Kong at the time, I I knew that a lot of times when a foreigner travels abroad, you teach English. And Hong Kong is an English colony, so that's kind of stupid to think, oh, I'm going to go to Hong Kong and... Teach English, right? Everybody knows English already, so that's kind of he'll be correcting
1: so. your English. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah, not yeah, the really. Queen's English. Yeah, it'll be aluminium. <laughs> it's
4: aluminium. Like mate. It's aluminium <laughs> you fucking busted. Yeah, <laughs> so you know that's not going to work. You spelled color wrong. Yeah. It's advertisement. <laughs> you fucking twat. You know what I mean?
0: <laughs> so
4: yeah, that wasn't going to work. So, um, so I went to Taiwan, and I worked for a police equipment company. You know, I helped them. You know, gain some some contacts in America. And at the time, the guy that I was working for, his brother was an undercover cop, and figured I can find you some some martial arts teachers because I know the people in the city. I know who does this. <clears throat> and the first place I go to is actually a Yong Chun teacher or a Wing Chun teacher, and the guy's a Vespa repair man. What? So awesome! That's I go big in business there. over there. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, big time. Yeah. So I go in there, and the guy's like. You know, he's repairing the Vespa and he's doing his thing. He's like, "Oh, you came to learn some kung fu? Okay, no problem. I'll show you." So he busts into the Wing Chun and he starts doing the Wing Chun forms and that kind of thing. And I'm thinking to myself, "Man, I've I've done this for eight years. I don't really want to do it again. You know, right. I'm just not. I'm not. It's not what not my vibe." Didn't so travel I, I, all this way so, just to do what you've yeah, already done. Right. Kind of do what you've already done. So I was like, I really want something different. And. You know, culturally, you just can't say that, you know, it's, I mean, it's very different with Asian culture because the second you say, oh no, sorry, I don't like what you're doing. They're insulted. They, they feel, <laughs> you know, slighted by it. So yeah, that's face.
0: Mm-hmm.
4: So basically I had to find a creative way to get out of it. And, you know, I kind of gave the, you know, well, let me, let me ponder on it. You know, I'm interested, but I just don't know what I want to do exactly. Cause you know, I mean, I'm an American and I'm an idiot. We don't know anything. So, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so I walked away. And, you know, the next thing, you know, the, the guy's like, well, okay, we're going to find you, okay, very famous teacher in Taiwan. So there's a famous teacher in Taiwan who taught mantis. Now, I had studied mantis under Shifu um, Champoi in Orlando, Florida, as the Wa style. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. And I mean, he's a very famous teacher, great school. The, the plum flower
1: poles and all that good I stuff. I mean, and, yeah. and there's I'm a great. lot about that yeah.
4: style and about that, you know, that training that I really was, you know, I, I loved it. I enjoyed it. But there was some things that kept me from from continuing my practice there. But um, I just, again, it was one of those things where you're like, I don't want to do what I've already done. Right. So I didn't pursue that. Um, and then I met a Qigong teacher. Which I thought was kind of interesting because I'm like I'm 18 years old and of course at 18 I don't want to stand in postures and breathe all day I just don't <laughs> no Dude, your problem not?
1: is too much Jing at that point yeah, 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 exactly <laughs> at 18 years old you're like man you're all
4: about the bottled up stuff so right. so I go to meet this guy and he's huge huge for a for an Asian guy you know hmm. and I go in and we're talking you know and he's like oh you know I'll show you this and you learn this and you'll have the power to do this and that and the other. And I, you know, I had, my friend was a translator basically for me. So I said, you know, it's not exactly what I'm looking for. And the guy got pissed. <laughs> and he's like, what do you mean? It's not what you're looking for. This is excellent. Qigong is the best power training you could ever get in your whole life. <laughs> and I said, well, what I'm looking for is like a five animals or like tiger or like snake or dragon or something. And he's like, okay, fine. <laughs> all <laughs> right. And he's all pissed off. So he goes in the back and he gives me his business card. And he goes, that's the guy you want to learn from if you want to learn that kind of stuff. He said, but his cheek not very good. <laughs> so, of course, it's like, you know, wants to downplay the guy automatically. Right. So, I take the business card, we call for an appointment. And, you know, my teacher says, you know, we'll come on over and, you know, we'll meet and we'll talk. I don't know how I feel right now about taking new students that are foreigners. And I thought that was kind of weird. So, I was like, mm, right. well, that's, that's, there's a story behind that. <laughs> so, we mm-hmm. show up, and the worst case scenario you could ever meet an Asian master teacher happened, and I, and I fell in to be the victim of it. <laughs> so we show up and i get out of the car and i'm all jazzed up and i'm like oh god it's fucking you yeah, know it's a kung fu i'm fucking gonna learn it oh, shit, oh, shit. i mean i could have fucking cut glass with the hard on i had all I just fucking just
1: like, so scratched your name in the bathroom mirror yeah exactly mm-hmm.
0: so i'm twist so I'm, the
4: skin on it with a pipe wrench <laughs> <laughs> so i'm so excited i get out of the car and i'm standing over the car and i'm looking over the hood of the car and i'm like that's the that's the place. Oh my god, it's fucking awesome. It's, it's great. <laughs> and it, I mean, in Taiwan, you have to understand it's not like America. You don't go to your Walmart shopping centers and your Kroger places and find out. Oh, it's going to be the karate or the kung fu or the whatever place. Yeah, they're hidden. I mean, yeah. you don't yeah. know. And they're uh, traditionally they have mixed. to be referred in a sense. You yeah. have to either be mm-hmm. referred or you have to know that you're not going to find it written on the wall the same way. Mm-hmm. Most of the kung fu schools in In a a traditional Asian country, Hong Kong, Malaysia, you know, wherever you go, they're going to be mixed in with um, Chinese medicine clinics. Mm -hmm. So a lot of times, you know, these masters will blend their Chinese medicine training with their martial arts training. The bone setting. and Exactly. And this place was exactly like that. So I'm sitting there and I'm like, wow, this is so not like America at all, you know. But it's just like the movies. It is. I mean yeah, exactly. You know, and I'm just like and I'm in it. You know, I'm the fucking, I'm the shit. Yeah. You know? So it's I'm, I'm standing there and my friend's like, I'm gonna go park the car, because you know, in Taiwan, parking is prime. If right. you can find oh, a parking yeah, place, sure. you are a good luck bastard. Because they yeah. all they yeah. all ride bicycles or ride scooters. And if you got a car, man, you're, you're pretty rich. you're pretty important. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so so my it turns out this is my the guy that I'm working for is brother's car, like an undercover cop car. Right. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't look like it. You know I mean? It looks like some typical thing with tinted windows. Right. But it had a gun in the glove box. So. It, it had all kinds of like, whatever, you know, it was Green Hornet shit going on. Ejector seats. and <laughs> uh, oil, oil slicks. Judy yeah. yeah.
1: yeah. oh, chop. Woo. Oh,
4: oh too right. soon. I'm no, sad. that's okay. <laughs>
1: that's I just yeah. got Judy oh. chop. <clears throat> 10 greatest boxers of all time. Let's just run down this list real quick. Number one, Joe Lewis. Record, 166, lost three, 52 freaking knockouts. Goddamn. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Judy, chopped that, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> Number two, Muhammad Ali. Lower than Joe Lewis, 56 wins, 37 knockouts, and brain damage. Moving along. Oh, <laughs> oh
3: I'm to go there. Oh. Sugar Ray
1: Robinson, mm-hmm. 173 wins, 109 by a knockout. He did have 19 losses though. So, you know, he's not at the top of the list. Jack Johnson. <laughs> 73 wins, 40 knockouts, lost 13, drew 9, and got arrested once for taking white women over the border. <laughs>
4: <laughs> <laughs> Good
1: day, I oh, it, it's not oh, yeah. funny. It I, really I, isn't. No. <laughs> <laughs> It's painful funny, and that's the best kind. There we go. Um, Iron Mike Tyson, record 51, six losses, 44 knockouts, and also made the most people quit watching pay-per-view fights ever, because if you paid 40 bucks for a fight, mm-hmm. you were not going to be pleased when it was over in 43 seconds. And
2: also bit a dude's fucking ear off. By the nibble, way, he nibble. should totally be at the top of that <laughs> list. Just that was, saying.
1: That was after his career was over. <laughs> <there>. Yeah. <laughs> yeah <true. laughs> Okay, Jack Dempsey, bang, number six, 66 wins, 51 knockouts. Okay. <laughs> Cesar Chavez, mm-hmm, uh, 107 wins, six losses, two draws, 80 knockouts. Nice. Damn, I think he should be higher than this. Yeah, us. Damn, no shit. Rocky Marciano, 49 wins, lost, guess,
4: two, zero. yeah,
1: undefeated <laughs> for his entire career. 43 of those 49 wins were knockouts.
2: He should be higher on that list.
1: I think so, too. I have issues with the list, but hey, I forgot to do my Judy chop, so this is what you get. (laughs) 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 Henry Armstrong, Jr., 150 wins, 100 by KO, 21 losses and 9 draws, and And last, Willie Pep. Anybody ever heard of Willie Pep? No. How many fights do you think Willie Pep won? I have no idea. Two. Hundred and twenty nine. How have I never heard of this dude? When was he around? It was a long time ago. Okay, yeah, (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) it was a long time ago. That would explain it. (laughs) He lost eleven and drew one, and only won sixty five by knockout. But he won two hundred and twenty five fights. So that's your Judy Chop. A quick rundown of the top 10 Dave, boxers I'm, I'm of I'm all time. I'm sorry times. that
4: I prematurely ejaculated a Judy Chop on you, but. Know,
1: <laughs> that's okay,
4: brother. I'm used to it.
3: He's <laughs> <laughs> just happy to have that shit out of the way right now. <laughs> so well, back
4: you. to your story. Oh, okay. So Okay. So I get out of the car and I'm standing over looking at the hood and I'm just, you know, looking at the space and I'm just seeing it. And, you know, the guy that I'm working for, you know, I mean, I'll say my friend because I mean, he was a friend. I mean, but it was just he's a boss, too, because, I mean, I was working in his, at his warehouse, at so it just all came to be. So he's like, well, I'm going to go park the car. So, you know, you just hang tight and then I'll, we'll walk in together because I need to translate for you. Well, he drives a car and he drives over my foot. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and I did
4: not move my feet from underneath the, the, the fucking tires. So well, what's it's on you? you, can't. So he's rolling over, and I hit the car, and he stops on my oh, foot. Oh, no. nice. So perfect timing. You know, he's rolling over my foot, and I felt the initial contact. So I was like, Wait, hey, hey, hey. Whoa, whoa. And he stops the car on my foot, and I'm like hitting the hood, and I'm like, move the car. His English is shite, so you have to understand. He doesn't really right. speak English, so he's going, you know, he's sitting there, and he's like, what, what, what? And he rolled down the window, and I said, the car is on my foot. And he goes, oh, okay, and drives over my foot. So I hit the ground, and I'm like, holy shit. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? The car's you know, rolling over my foot. And at the time that he's doing it, I'm freaking out, and I'm hitting, and I went, wham, into the windshield and busted out the passenger side windshield. Nice. Because he's, he's rolling over my foot. Yeah. And the car goes over. I hit the ground and I'm holding my foot and my Shafu now, who's my Shafu now, comes out and and goes straight up to me, doesn't give a shit about my foot, and looks at my hand. (laughs) And he wants to know if it's cut because I mean he saw me bust this windshield out. Right. Right. And and I'm like, It's my foot, not my hand, (laughs) but I can't speak, I can't speak Mandarin. So I'm like, you know, I'm like I'm pointing at my foot going, it's my foot. And he's like, no, 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 no. He's like looking at my hand. (laughs) So the guy jumps out of the car and he rolls around. He's like, are you okay? Are you broken? Are you okay? And I'm like, no, no, no. It's my foot. It's just really, you know, it's, it's strained. So, so my teacher picks me up, walks me into the school, sits me down and he does this whole, like, you know, like puts medicine on my foot, this kind of thing. And he's sitting there telling the guy. Little
1: did dodge, I'll fix anything. Exactly. (laughs) I mean,
4: and and he's sitting there telling the guy, and he's like, why is he so concerned with his foot? He just busted out your windshield. He should be concerned that his hand's broken or he's like all bleeding. Right. And I didn't really think about that. But the point is, I mean, when I hit the windshield, I popped it really quick. So I didn't, it wasn't going to. You didn't get cut. Didn't get cut. Yeah. Yeah. So at this point, he's kind of like, hmm. All right, well, what's up with this guy? Because if he's going to bust out a windshield, not get cut, what does he know? What, is he, what can he do? Right.
1: So, so he asked there, you to
4: teach him. No, <laughs> no, I'm just no, 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 don't say that. I'm just kidding. So, so we're sitting there and we're talking. It, and, and of course, the conversation comes up to why he doesn't really want to teach foreigners. Now, he's had foreign students before, and a lot of them tend to have the same attitude. of, Tell like, him I'm sorry, by, by the way. <laughs> So, you know, his attitude about it is, you know, foreigners always come to this country and they, you know, they, they complain a lot about the training. It's too hard. I don't want to sit in horse stance for a long time. Blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. The other is, or I want to learn some famous jump kick shit so I can show <laughs> my girlfriend how badass I am. That and, sounds like us. And he mm-hmm. just got to a point where he was fed up with it and didn't want to deal with it. You know, mm-hmm. and I come along and I'm like, i sincere. You know, I really want to learn this. Right. And... We sit there and we talk for what goes into like two and a half, three hours of drinking tea. My bladder's like about to explode. (laughs) And you know, he's he's more just thinking to himself, well, you know, the guy comes along, he busts out his this guy's windshield. The messed up part is I felt awful because it was an undercover cop's windshield. So I'm thinking I'm in a lot of trouble here because I mean this is a messed up situation. <laughs> well so. he was
1: your buddy, so if he wanted to just shoot you, he could have done it right then. It, probably so.
4: <laughs> yeah. So chow Yun fat style. <laughs> That's you know? right. Yeah. Sliding down the banister. So anyway, we talk a little bit more and he says, Well, I want to I want to have another meeting with you. I'm not quite sure if I really I don't know. I don't know how I feel about it. But we'll meet again and we'll talk. You know, call me next week and we'll set up a schedule. So I meet him. We talk, and he's like, "Well, how long did you study kung fu?" And I was like, "Well, I told him like a year and a half because I figured, okay, I don't want to like, <laughs> I don't want to be all like, oh, I'm a badass, bro, I did this yeah, and that, right? Because I mean, I figured, first, off- Well, you're off, still
1: a pimply eighteen year old for one. thing. Well, first off, with I a didn't mohawk, want, I, probably. I, I mean,
4: I didn't want him to call me out, <laughs> of course, because I mean, Show I us figured, what you know. if, yeah, exactly. You know, mm-hmm. I figured if I tell him, oh, I started at eight years old, he's going to go, well, then you should fucking know all kinds of shit. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm thinking. I don't wanna do that shit. So I, figure, I don't know nothing. <laughs> mm. I don't even know what I know. The first reaction is kind of like I don't know Kung Fu, what is that? It's some food or some shit, right? That's right? So So we meet again and he's like, Well, show me what you have learned. So I you know, show him some some Yung Chun Wing Chun stuff, showed him some praying mantis, whatever. And he's looking at me and he's like, That's a lot of stuff for a year and a half. And he's like, you know, he told my friend, you know, he says he's lying to me. Oh, I caught you. (laughs)
1: And
4: I and I'm sitting there and I'm like, oh, fuck. Now I've lied to him. Now you don't want to take me as a student because I lied. And he goes, I like him. He lied. (laughs) (laughs) and my friend goes my friend's like i don't really understand what he's saying here because he's saying he likes you because you lied because you lied in
1: the right direction i think yeah and And instead of playing it up you played it down and and the thing is i
4: mean and then it came to light that that is the point is that he was like most foreigners don't do that most foreigners are all about how badass i am and Mm -hmm. how many people i can whip their ass and blah 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 so he figured the guy did this for the sake of trying to get the training and try to learn Mm -hmm. I'll take him on. So he takes me on and I start training. And I've been, I've been with with him now for what is like 22 years at this point. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I, I look back on it and I'm grateful for the fact that he took me in because I mean, be honest with you. I can, I can even after so many years of training this stuff, I can relate to why an Asian teacher don't want us. Right. I mean, (laughs) teaching students and dealing with what they deal with. I'm like, Mm. man, you guys are a bunch of whiny bitches. I mean, you sit around <laughs> playing. Well,
1: you know, I love Americans, and I am one, but Hi, we come with this preconceived. Uh, <sighs> you can see people with more. Look, let me put it this way: if you're an American and you make more than thirty thousand dollars a year, you are a one percenter worldwide. Oh yeah, you have more money, more privilege, more luxury than anybody else on the planet has. And yet, you will complain because, because you your freaking TV show was preempted for the president to give a, a talk. Mm-hmm. You right, know? Right. I mean, come on. Well, that, that's the trick. <laughs> We're man. just.
2: That's uh, it. Americans come with money. Yeah. And which rel- which and, everyone wants.
1: And, and, yeah.
4: and relative safety. Yeah. Baggage. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, I mean, like I said, I mean, I understood why the guy didn't want to deal with us. I get it. But I had to kind of look at it like I got a one shot deal. And if I don't take it, I'm going to go back home and I'm going to be, you know, who knows what.
3: Cue the Eminem song.
4: Uh, yeah, really. I mean, and, and, and I'm sorry. I mean, I don't want to pull that card, but I grew up in a housing development two blocks down from a trailer park.
3: Oh, I, I relate
4: to this guy, even though I hate his music. He's awful. <laughs> <laughs>
3: no, but, but there's that one song.
4: But I, I get it. I understand once. the guy. Yeah, yeah. It's I a trailer relate.
1: park life. You know? I can yeah. relate <laughs> to him. I
4: understand the point, but I, I'm glad I'm not him. That's the bottom line <laughs> to that. But so. I mean, I'm grateful that that my master teacher took me and allowed me to study. And I mean, I, I learned so much. I mean, I went over there, one person, and came back a completely different guy. I mean, just because of that reason. And I would say to anybody, I mean, if you're if you're a young person and you go to another country, you can actually learn a lot from just getting out of your own backyard. Oh God, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of people in this country who don't know anything about culture or or, or experience anything beyond just television culture you know i mean that's all Mm -hmm. they know right and And that's not
1: culture at all
4: (laughs) it's not i mean or you're trying or you spend a lot of time because you got friends that are into certain things and you start acting like them i mean you know not not to pull you know colors or this that and the other but i mean if i was a black person in this country i'd be offended by a guy trying to act like me right it would bother me yeah i didn't move to taiwan and act like an asian person Mm -hmm. because i figured that would just bother them and i'm walking around like, I'm gonna wear frog button jackets all day long and think, "Hey, everybody's like, oh, you're not, you're not a white guy, you're right. Asian. You right. would be the. We're biggest not gonna fool their fucking ass. I mean, they know I'm not Asian. Yeah. Dude, I mean, that would
3: you'd be the biggest mark all over town. You'd look like that. an yeah. idiot.
4: I mean, and they, and you know what's funny is I moved to Taiwan and the first thing I find out is they want to be Western more than they want to be Eastern. Oh
3: hell yes, they do.
4: Right,
1: they it's a two way street. You know, and that the reason a lot of us honkies are sitting around and, and black guys and whatever, Americans and other Europeans are sitting around, Eastern Europeans mm. that are actually carrying forward lineages that originated in Asia mm. is because the Asian youth are like, We want the PlayStation and the money. Mm-hmm. And who can blame it for that? It's a well, cushy maybe some lifestyle. But it was in you know, sports. Yeah. But, yeah, but. exactly. But it was a lot of it was a lot of Westerners traveling around that have sort of Cause we been had one of the mainstays too, of, of martial arts.
3: A lot of times you know, a non Chinese has to work harder in the Fu class. If you're if you're in there with an, an Asian class in Asia, oh, yeah. you know, I mean I've I've been there with you <laughs> oh, yeah. I and mean, over in Singapore. Yeah. But you gotta work harder, you know. Otherwise, yeah, you may be accepted in the class, but
4: yeah, you're oh, still, yeah. no, you know. No, no, no. yeah, so it's not, not as simple as all that. I mean, <laughs> I was the guy that was like, I want to show you a self-defense technique, so I'm going to pick you. Yeah, yeah exactly. Because your nose is twice as big as mine, and you're three times taller than me, so I'm kicking your fucking ass. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I'm the guy that's like Kung Fu Panda, where he's like throwing a frost to the floor going, oh, you know. <laughs> and... I mean, and it's just par for the course. It's just what happens. I mean, every time a self defense technique gets shown, pick the white guy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because he's bigger. He's the more, you know, he, you know, he, this he kind probably of has insurance. <laughs> yeah, right. Because who can afford that crap? <laughs> right. So, I mean, I, I, I totally agree with what you're saying. I mean, it's, it, it, it is harder because, I mean, you know, one of the first things my sheriff said to me was if you came here looking for a fork, leave because you're not going to get one right if you want to train the way we do then you're going to have to buck up and follow the way we do it or you don't walk in this door because there's no point point. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and i mean that was straight as it was going to get you know i mean it was like point blank train how we do it or piss off and i always thought well here i am i, I didn't come all this way for nothing so i figured let's do it and
3: I, I gotta say too i i think when you when you travel over you know as a as a Kung Fu wannabe or as a, a, a Chinese martial artist in the States, you hear about eating bitter and you trickle, mm. right? And a lot of people know, oh, that's a lot of horse dance work or something, you know, and they get these ideas. But until really that you're, you're in <laughs> that context of that mm. school and stuff, you don't realize it's about
4: a hell of a lot more than yeah. just long horse dance work. I mean, and the truth is, I mean, you know, when you give it to the martial arts people as a whole, I mean, I don't care what style you are. I mean, if you go to Thailand and study Muay Thai mm-hmm. and you're kicking, you know, bamboo trees and shit like that, you're in it. Because they pissed there you, you go. off. I now mean, that's the real bitter. deal, yeah, man. Yeah. I mean, and I mean, you know, don't I hate to bring up, you know, Jean-Claude Buttflim, but <laughs> but I mean, the point is, I mean, you know, he goes and makes this kickboxer movie. I mean, there's a lot of truth in this. You know, you go yeah. to this guy's house and you train. You kick trees and you do all this crazy shit because that's what they want you to do because that's the essence of the training. Yeah, yeah, that's your eating and, from there. I mean, you look at the people that you know originally went and studied Okinawan te Okinawan martial arts is not karate. I mean, I'm mm-hmm. sorry. No, the way they different. train and the how serious they are with the knuckle pushups and the punch and makawora the way they do. I mean, they, those guys are sincere and real serious business. I mean, i I respect martial arts as a whole because of the tradition that is upheld. I mean, real Taekwondo, when you're talking about guys that are like, you're going to win for Korea or you're going to fuck off. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. These guys are like, I mean, they're going to, they're going to bust your ass and Mm -hmm. you're going to train hardcore or you're going to be ashamed of Korea. That, and that's the that guy that I admire. can kick now, you in the face now, from the you know, exactly. yeah. now, <laughs> you know, fucking, you know, David Dillweed who opens a school and and teaches Taekwondo. <laughs> that's me. <laughs> and, and And it's like, we're going to sell rank, and all the kids are going to be black belts at age 10. Yeah. Piss off. I'm sorry. First everybody's off, a winner. First off, a you're a 10 Nobody years loses. old, and you're going to tell me about how to deal with a carjacking situation? You can go fuck yourself. You're 10 years old. And give me your car while you're at it. That That's little right. on I mean, wheels. What do you know about experience or life or real situations? You're yeah. 10 years old. Mm-hmm. I mean, my school was never about giving any kind of you know certification of instructor to a child, right? You don't do that. I mean, it's just not the tradition. It's not the way. I mean, traditional martial arts should be about experience, mm-hmm. knowledge, and just the truth of what you went yeah. through to get there. Mm-hmm. And children don't need to learn the same things. That no, they do. don't. I mean, you're not
1: going to teach a ten-year-old kid to walk up to a full-grown adult and kick his ass. Period. No, Unless he's not. some freaking nature. Well. What you can teach the kid is how to manage violence. Yes. How to avoid violence. How to run like a demon because kids are slippery as eels. Mm-hmm. You can teach them all kinds of stuff and you can build up the foundation that they will later use mm. to be a good martial artist. But why would you want to teach a 10 year old who doesn't even have impulse control wired up yet? Mm. Right. To to do anything dangerous. A, you basically can't unless they go grab a knife out of the drawer or a gun or something. Mm-hmm. And B, they're kids. Let them be kids. They're just Teaching not what ready for, for, them for the situations
4: fun. that happen yeah. that way. I mean, and that's why we're getting we- it off the map here, man. We're That's okay, <laughs> I
3: know, just, just wanted to throw that out there. Did it's going to be this kind on of tangent, podcast. <laughs> I, go off on t- I go to
4: Florida to get to Canada. This I, is, uh, is how I drive. It's know? only because I got
3: to piss like a racehorse. <laughs> okay. Oh. Oh. You're okay. going to have to hold Press it. pause.
1: No, no, no. We're not pausing. We're going to finish out this Bail initial through. introduction. So I want to <laughs> come on now. And we can we can talk more as the show goes on. Clench
4: it, you bastard. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Tuck so it I'm in. I'm sucking it up.
1: There's a few questions I got to hit you with. and you don't have to elaborate too much, but i got to get this out of you on tape while we're going here. Uh, One thing I've always been curious about is, uh, and I've seen some of it, you know, so I I have an idea, but I want you to tell me how Taiwanese and Cantonese hungar differ and how they're the same. Okay. Because that's that's the mainstay of what you teach, and most people are familiar with the Guangdong, the
4: Cantonese version of this, so... Tell us about the Taiwanese. I want to hear about that. Okay. Um, well, I mean, let's let's delve into Taiwan as a whole first. Taiwan is not looked upon very favorably by any of uh, the Hong Kongese or whatever you want to call them, the mainland China people, because Taiwan is a rebel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And when you're a country that defies the the odds or or doesn't look upon you know, the ideology or the governmental concept as, as a larger country, you're going to be defiled and looked upon as a, as a bastard son, right? They want with foreign support. A lot of them (laughs) want Taiwan so bad and Taiwan's not giving it up. The reality is when, when Mao Zedong comes along, a lot of masters left that country and tried to find, you know, a way to, to keep their training without persecution Malaysia, the Philippines, America,
1: Hong Kong, Hong
4: Kong to Taiwan, all these countries find their, you know, find these masters because they're like, well, we got to go somewhere. Right. Mm -hmm. Taiwan found a lot of these people. So, um, for our system, Wong Fei Hong is, is a folk hero of, of style. He's well known in movies and in folklore, but he's a real person. You can actually track who he actually is. Um, right, he's had, like an Asian Daniel Boone,
1: you know, there's stories, but then there's a real person behind yeah, it. And yeah. And there is a real
4: person behind it. I mean, how much uh, is the folklore? Well, none of us will know that, but yeah, right. But the name is synonymous. You're going to find him. People know him. They relate. You know, there's a museum named after the man. So obviously you don't just create some fake th- something to, you know, to give pride into this situation without, without any truth. He had a, he had a student Sai Wing. Or what is a Mandarin Lin Sulong? Si um, Lin, Lin Sulong si had a training brother, which in Cantonese name is Lam Gar Sin, which we call Lin Jin or Lin Jia Gwen, Trained with Wong Fei hong and, and studied the art from him, but wasn't famous. Didn't get his name out. Didn't care about all that crap. Moved to Taiwan. Wow. Lam Sai Wing or Lin Sulong si became famous. Mm-hmm. Got his name out there. Published a book. And then decided that that wasn't enough. Two more books, so Gong Zifu Hu or Gong Zifu Fu became a book. Huo uh, Um or Fu Hok Xunging, which is the Cantonese word, and then um, the Iron Wire. These three books were published by Lin Silong. Uh Lin Jin or uh, Lin Jagun goes to Taiwan. Becomes a master teacher just like many, many, many masters. This is not uncommon. This is common stuff. Right. My system to teach, comes
1: through there. To teach so the military yeah. because
4: it's a common way to figure out, I, I study Kung Fu. I'm a master teacher. I got to keep this going. How do I do it? We either go through the police force or we go through military people. Mm-hmm. This is the way to do it. So he goes to Taiwan and he teaches the military. And he brought with him the Guangdong style, but figured, you know, my training brother made – a style famous within itself, I might try to do the same thing. So he created what is called the Taiwanese Hong Fist.
0: Hmm.
4: Now, a lot of things that people don't consider, Lam Sai Wing or Lin, or Lin Silong, a large part of what is the common Hong Gar today is created by him. There's only a few forms that were given to be the Hungar lineage. Right. <laughs> so there's a lot of forms that, that are Lam Sai Wing lineage and style. That's it. I mean, it's just the way it is. So my great grandmaster kind of thought, well, this is the way to do it. This is what we do to to give our name and our our essence to an art. Now you asked the the question of what's different. One thing that my great grandmaster wanted to do that was significant was to separate the five animals, Uh not necessarily combine them all and have the same energy. If you look at, Guangdong style. It's a pretty rigid style. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. A lot of tension, a lot of big, hard moves. So my great grandmaster thought, separate the animals to give them their own energy. Tiger needs to look like tiger and give the essence of that animal. Crane needs to have the fluidity of redirectiveness. Leopard needs to have the speed and the, and the essence of moving in and the momentum of that power. Snake is the suppleness and, and the, the, the idea of grappling because Grapping. snake is a grappling mm-hmm. style. Dragon is kind of the embodiment of all of them because it's not a mortal animal. You can see, feel, or touch. It's a, it's a mystic idea. Right. So taking all of that into, into account, the Guangdong style and the Taiwanese style kind of found its way to identify itself within itself. Um, We do teach, you know, the, the four pillar forms within the exception of a few other forms outside but the fluidity is what really is the difference. Oh, okay. You know, how you draw that power and how you draw the fluidity of movement comes from when you watch the form, you'll go, I see the Guangdong influence, but I also see where it, it, it extracted Change. itself into the Taiwanese style. Right. Mm. <clears throat> so more or irritating. less, that's kind of how the balance became to be.
1: Well, you know, a lot of people would be like, oh, you've, you've, it's a corrupted, it's a degenerate version. Yeah. But to me, when I see martial arts change, if they're doing it right, that means it's still a living tradition it evolves Evolution. it's a living yeah. tradition you know you can pick any you can take Wong Fei Hong or whatever and say, well he was the apex of the style." no he was the apex of the style at his time mm. and everybody that learns it is going to be a different human being with different goals and and times
3: change mm. and not to mention so, nobody actually got it from up on Mount
4: Sinai from some dude in the Right, clouds. It's, it's right.
1: not a gift from the gods. It's a living, breathing thing that, <laughs> that you, humans create. That humans and, create. Yeah.
4: I mean if you look at if you actually look at the essence of Hong Kong, you have Hong Shikwan, which is the founder. Mm-hmm. He right. gave his name to the style. Right. Hong now Hei-gun. the reality of it is and Hong He Gun, yeah his mm-hmm. Cantonese name. He he learned Tiger style as his initial system. He learned crane style from his wife. To balance out the Tiger and the Crane. Now, the reality of it is, a lot of that during that time, they're taking forms and they're going, what works for me? Well, they What's had no be...
1: problem mixing it up back then. So they mixed then. up yeah. tons
4: of stuff. You know, there was Lohan forms. There was this and that. And Historical the other. MMA at its right. best. Right. And, mm-hmm. and, exactly. and it kept doing that until it got to Wong Fei Hong. Wong Fei Hong kind of thought to himself, all right, we need to trim the fat to get to the meat. Mm. And he decided to systemize. Right. which nobody had ever done before. Nobody systemized. It was all about, hey, you teach me that form. I'll teach you this right. form. I'll show you this what, bit. You show me that bit. Yeah. And yeah. I'll show you this weapon. You show me that weapon. So Wong Fei Hong thought we need to link it to something to give it an actual purpose and point.
1: And he was in the time and cultural history when people were
4: systematizing more. Because, exactly. Yeah. Cultural identification. And he became what right. is called the, the the modern day father, mm-hmm. which he wasn't the father of it because Hong Shi was. Mm. But he was the only person to care enough about it to say, "This form will teach you this, and this form will follow that, and this form will teach you this, and this is how you progress and learn as a, as a student." So that's how the curriculum became, and that's how it's stayed up until you know. Like I said, Lam Zai Wing comes along and adds things to it of his own nature, of his own essence. But you know, my argument in this is, and a lot of people would go, "Well, if you add something to an art, then it's not traditional anymore." And that's complete bullshit, right. because yeah, what point the point reality is a, a, a master of any art, I don't care if you're a painter, a sculptor, or a musician, you add something to it to give a little bit of yourself. Yeah, yeah, always, definitely. Yeah, I mean, you have to you know, own I mean every musician has even done that. I mean, yeah. come on, we can go down the line. But the reality is when you die, that's it. Mm-hmm. And the truth of it is, people are going to remember your, what you actually contributed. Did you contribute anything, or were you just a paper cut out of what you came from? Right. And every master has contributed something to develop the art. As long as, and this is what you were, you were by kind by of bringing principles. at, was yeah. mm-hmm. the principle. If the principles of a martial art is right, then I don't have an argument. You know, I mean, I don't care if you tell me you, know, you studied at the Shaolin Temple in Valdosta, Georgia. <laughs> if you tell me some shit like that and your principles are right then it doesn't matter then i'm gonna go yeah. well your principles are right whether you you know you're right. a, you're, a, you're a nutcase st- but. you're a nutcase because you studied in valdosta under some monk that doesn't exist in the farm and room. you guys are not supposed to know about that so i'm gonna have to kill you all yeah, right now that i told you it's time to die so i mean principles and points of a style that's where you know i define an art and i say you know what you know if you tell me i do Mu Thai Thailand Forward Buddha, or whatever you made right. up some name. If right. you're still doing Mu principles, and I can Buddha. say the elbows, the shin kicks, you know, the, the blocking techniques are all the same, then I'm gonna go, Your principles are intact. Mm-hmm. And that's right. I mean, people create styles all the time, you know, and I mean, whatever for whatever reason. I mean, maybe they're disenchanted, maybe they're bored, maybe they, but. As long as you stay true to the principles of that particular art, then i can't argue with you too much because there's still truth in what you 're doing. I just argue with the fact that you came up with some cheesy name to, right. to define yourself i mean nah that's well where the I bottom
1: argue. line is these arts carry on because there are core principles that are effective
4: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: for whatever job they're intended to do, mm-hmm. but they can't continue unless the instructor. Interiorizes them enough to embody them as second nature, and when it gets to that point, you're going to have your stamp all over it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's no way around that. And you know, somebody that's good at that should not want their students to be exactly like them either. They want yeah. them to be better. They want them to be smarter. They want them to be more successful. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
3: you have to teach them to try to find well, their growth own of the art identity right? through exactly. Their art. Yeah. Yes. yeah,
1: exactly. Well, holy gunga galunga, we've already covered a lot of ground here. <laughs> But so we don't have Craig burst and spray urine all over the room, we're going to take a short break in the champagne lounge and we'll be right back with our discussion topic and, you know, the rest of this
3: business.
1: Okay, well we were hardly able to peel ourselves away from the ladies in the champagne lounge, but uh, we're back (laughs) (laughs) So we got a discussion topic coming up for you and it's about martial arts demos And this is something I really did want to pick your brain about One, because I feel like I'm a terrible demonstrator, but we'll get to that in a second (laughs) First off
2: Well <laughs> we'll get to my shortcomings in a minute.
1: Yeah. <laughs> we're, 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 we're we're gonna haul my inadequacies out into the light. But first off, Judy Chop. Oh boom. nice. Yeah. nice. Okay. I got you right there. Boom, boom, boom. <laughs> All right. So
2: Hold on. We'll edit that out. My phone phone is very smart. (laughs) Two. So give me just a second. Five. Zero. (laughs) Zero. (laughs) Zero. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good telephone. (laughs) What? Hey, it's
1: not a telephone. It's a... Telephone. telephone. (laughs) Okay, so so all right, here's the video game. This is from
2: uh, this is from themmazone.net. Okay, oh, mindless
4: uh, martial arts. (laughs) 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 Love
2: it. Ouch. (laughs) (laughs)
1: That's
4: okay. They're gonna beat us up for it later.
2: So this is this is from (laughs) challenge us. Yep. This this is from an article titled uh, "Interesting Martial Arts." And statistics, and uh, this was the one that really caught my attention. Number eight. Oh, so okay. you laugh, but 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 remember this in just a second. Mm. Um, the UFC uh, apparently in
4: wait 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 um, UFC yeah you UFC. mean uh, United Friends cuddling <laughs> indeed yes. Yes. snuggle yes. snuggle yes. punch yes. punch underwear friends cuddling <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> UFC uh, fiscal year two thousand seven uh, managed to pull five point one million pay per view buys if you fig- if 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 you figure that at roughly fifty bucks a pop and it's like fifty four bucks or something like that you're looking at an estimated revenue of
1: $255 million. So tell me this. Why aren't MMA fighters pulling million-dollar purses yet?
2: That's Actually, a good question. I really are, couldn't answer are, that. Are
1: pulling some because of their purses, 10th grade educations?
2: Big. I mean... <laughs>
1: oh, come on now. <laughs> 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 we're we're gonna direct all uh hate mail and visitors to your place <laughs> <laughs> i'll be here all night I'm on tour so there you go judy job <clears throat> okay very Excellent. nice thank you very much okay so sifu mitchell look here's what we're getting at why don't you tell us about the anatomy of a demonstration what goes into it what makes it good what should you avoid
4: Okay, so performances. Um, For us, I definitely tell my students to spend time working on the forms, working on the presentation, because a lot of times, you know, a lot of people that when they give performances, they're not exactly sure what the content's going to be or how they're going to go about it. Uh, For us as a a school, I I personally believe that a lot of people, when they come to a performance, they want to see a show. They're not interested in a bunch of technical garble that's going to take a long time. I mean, you know, for example, if somebody's going to demonstrate self-defense techniques, if the first thing you're going to do is going to stand up in front of your students and say, throw a right hand punch. I'm going to block with my left hand, step in with my right fist, punch you to the ribs, grapple your wrist, take you into an arm bar. People are going to get bored with that.
1: Yeah. So I'm already bored listening to it. Exactly. And you should be, and you should be.
4: So, I mean, you know, we, we come from a, a media movie kind of world. I mean, people wanna see the flash. They want to see the 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 reality of an art demonstrated as fast and as furious as you can. And explanation just has to just be in the presentation. It shouldn't be in the conversation. Right. So, you know, like example, if I if I demonstrate a form, I don't want to give people a long explanation of what the form's about and why. I'll just tell them it's the essence of tiger. The student's trying to capture the, the characteristics of the animal as they go through it. And then they demonstrate tiger. So when you watch it, you're looking for them to demonstrate tiger. You want to see the form. You want to see the animal. Sure. sure. The characteristics. So weapons are pretty universal. You don't need to explain those. I mean, a sword's going to chop and hack and, and cut. Right. A spear's going to stab, redirect, circle around. But the animal forms, a lot of hand forms, are hard to explain because when people watch them, they don't really know why you're doing it. They just see a dance. Mm-hmm. Oh, believe me, I do bagua. I know how that feels. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, you know, sometimes you got to explain to people. It's a series of fighting applications done against uh, uh, imaginary, uh, imaginary multiple opponents. You know, I mean, somebody's coming at you this way, that way. You block, you redirect, you kick, you punch. So, I mean. It, sometimes people do need an explanation, but once they start seeing it and they see the energy of it, if the form really captivates them, they're going to be enthralled. They're going to watch it. Partner sets for us are very big because people want to see the combat. Mm-hmm. They want to see two people fighting. They want to see the the idea of the movie. They want to they want to look at the boring at, aspect of a real fight. Really? Well, I've <laughs> noticed
1: at demos you actually dress those up a little bit too. It's not just straight up two man forms sometimes but you'll have a guy like sauntering away with an umbrella under his arm and the two guys come out of the
4: wings to attack
1: Mm. him or whatever,
4: you know, you put a little little flair
1: on it, a little
4: again. I mean, that goes back to the point is it's a performance. I mean, you want people to appreciate your martial art as being something they can relate to. You know I mean? It's like a guy comes walking out and this guy attacks him out of nowhere. And you're like, what, what happened? Why is this guy doing that? So you start fighting and you go into this whole series of battle I mean, it's it's got to be something people can actually look at and go, that could happen. I could understand or see that happening. But the dynamics in the form, they might be more you know, directed towards entertainment. Right. Mm-hmm. The only thing that I don't want people to misunderstand is that there's no martial art in it. Because if they see performance and they don't actually think that there's a fighting content or there's a realism, then they're going to believe that it's all show. So- you really have to be very careful about how you present it to where the student or the potential student can, you know, relate to you enough to say, you know, I, I could understand how that could happen or, or how that could work. Um, you know, most of my students are not, a lot of them don't come from past background. They don't, they didn't study Taekwondo. They didn't study karate. They didn't study judo. So they had to be, you know, primed to actually get to that point. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, as far as a presentation is given, I mean, you've got to think about captivating the audience, You know, allowing them to actually appreciate what it is you're up there doing and hard work that went into it. I mean, I've seen performances where people get up and they go through movements that, you know, it's like, okay, next guy, come on up, do your thing. Next guy, come on up, do your thing. Mm-hmm. And the audience isn't going to appreciate that because they feel like you didn't go into anything. You didn't try to put this together. You just kind of... You're just calling people up at one after the other. Yeah, it's like, come peek in the window someday. Of a, of a yeah. class, and yeah. that's not what they were there for. Right. Right? I mean, that's I've right. also seen you know teachers who allow their students to get up and do basics in front of people, and right. nobody wants to watch basics. They don't want to see that. I mean, you can come to a class and watch that, mm-hmm. not right. a performance. A performance should be your echelon, your elite, your students getting up there and demonstrating their wares and what they've learned and how they can do it well. And- and give the people what they came to watch, even if they don't care anything about martial arts, they should be able to walk away and go, "Man, that was pretty impressive. Those guys were twirling on the ground, they were rolling, they were they hip throwed that guy on concrete without any kind of padding right I mean that kind of stuff captivates and it keeps people 's attention, yeah, so you know for me personally, I got to look into a performance as thinking that. I want to, to maintain somebody's attention and make them appreciate what we went into to do what we did. We've done past performances where we've done skits for comedy. And the reality of that is we don't want you to think that we're like some Cobra Kai and we take our shit so seriously. that right, right, You know, right. oh, all we're all about is fucking you up and you <laughs> block and punch and kill you. Yeah. yeah. The leg, I mean, Johnny. Yeah, yeah, sweep the leg, Johnny. Exactly. <laughs> So our little bit of comedy kind of brings some levity to it to say, you know what, man, we got a sense of humor. We think this stuff is funny too. You know I mean? We watch the movies. We've listened to Kung Fu fighting song a thousand times. We get it. You know, but if you don't know that we have that sense of humor, then you're going to constantly ask us the same questions. You know, well, I mean, well, you know, what about the movies? I mean, is that real life? No, it's not real life. I mean, you should know that. I mean, Kung Fu Pow, the fist or whatever that shit is. I mean, you really two think hamsters we take with their tails serious? tied together. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it, it really is. You know, have some fun with it, but also bring the essence of it of its realism to the performance, so that people can appreciate it. I mean, that's kind of what you know we try to do, and hopefully people like it and understand it. You know, but some will walk away with feeling like we didn't take it serious enough. And some people will say we were too serious. I mean, you can't win the audience completely. But, you know, I mean, you know, the entertainment is important. I mean, you know, everybody knows the movies and, <laughs> and they like that part of it. But, yeah, it's got to be a balance. You really got to bring the martial art and you got to bring the show. Right. And when you combine those two together, it's, you know, it's, it's a good thing. So
2: It's like Mitch Hedberg said, you can't please all the people all the time. And last night, all of those people were at my show.
3: i've heard that i like that
2: (laughs) (laughs) so i'll
1: go ahead and throw myself on the mat here now you've seen me come out to your school and demo what three times now Mm. and every time i do it i walk away feeling like man i sucked i gotta come up with something different next time and sometimes i make the same mistake because i don't come from a background where i've done a lot of demonstrations Mm. I've done a few but most of them were for Craig back in the day and he just yeah. left me hanging like a fruit on the vine too. So <laughs> that's how we roll, uh, baby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I want you to mix these three forms together, and make it look good. Okay, go. Singer Slim, uh, buddy. Yeah. Singer swim. <laughs> <laughs> so, here here's what I, here's what I really want to dig down to and, and get your opinion on. Um you know, the first time I came out, I did a longer presentation where I talked about the style and I showed a few basic elements and then I did a couple of slightly fancier things and I guess that was okay, but when I walked away from it, I'm like, that's not a good demonstration. Hmm. And then the second time I came out, I'm like, okay, I'm going to pick the fanciest weapon we have and I'm going to go out there and just wave it around for people. You know, I'm going to just show them this Look at weapon. This. And then the third time I basically just retreaded that, but, (laughs) but I still, I can't get my head in the right place to figure out how to design a demonstration. You see what I'm saying here? Mm. So, I mean, I mean, even if you want to be specific and make me look like a fool, tell me. What I'm doing wrong and what what it takes to get over that is, because you guys put on great demonstrations. You've got your whole school. You get the kids out there. I mean, and then that's another thing. You have the resources, right? You have the students, and you have good students to put up there and let them, you know, show what they've got. But if, if you're, you know, if you're a lone wolf like me and you're trying to get the essence of a style or something across, what could I do
4: better? Well, Okay, so you guys came out one year and you did a demonstration where you had you had a pretty you had a, you're not an entourage. I mean, you guys were all in kind of suit and tie kind of vibe. Oh, that, that, no, no, no! The first year the we
1: came one. out, yeah, um, you chastised me publicly in front of the demonstration. <laughs> Here we go for Here not we go. for not dressing up for the occasion because <laughs> I was wearing street clothes. So ever since I've come out in a suit and tie. (laughs) And actually, I want to commend you for that because, you know, if you look at pictures of the old boys, they're always, you know, Wong Shoo Jin's out in the park, but he's got a freaking skinny tie and suspenders, and he's wearing a suit. I'm like, okay, that's acceptable. (laughs) At least I'm showing respect by dressing up. At least I hope it looks that way. Okay. I don't all intend right, it I, to be wrong. Right, I'm gonna take
4: I will take credit <laughs> for saying that, you know, that I felt that you could have brought something to the table in that. But I mean I mean dressing up, it, it is what it is. I mean, that's just kind of like if somebody tells you this is a suit and tie event and you show up in jeans and a t shirt somebody's going to call you out and be like, how come you didn't make any effort? Absolutely. And I mean, it's a Chinese new year performance. You know, I mean, of course that's the only reason that I might've given you any grief about it, but you guys, you guys made up for it in that, that next demo. Yeah. I mean, I mean, we, you were affectionately, (laughs) you guys were affectionately called the lawyers in love because you (laughs) like briefcases, you know, suit and tie. that shit was awesome. I'm sorry. I, I thought it was really cool. And I mean, the the key, especially if you're coming out by yourself, I mean, you know, one thing you got to think about is you got to you got to create a, enough information to where a, a potential person who's listening to you that might be enthralled by what you're about is give them a, a history lesson about your martial art without preaching to them. Right. You okay. know? And that's something that, that that some schools don't do. They'll come out and they're like, you know, master so-and-so created this in 17, blah, blah, blah. And nobody wants to hear about, you know, George Washington crossed the Potomac.
3: Right. (laughs) So (laughs) Wikipedia.com. Yeah. I mean, but if
4: you can actually kind of make it interesting and make it kind of fun filled and throw some anecdotes in there, this is good. Mm -hmm. You know, you'll keep the people interested to go, well, well, it was created because of this and this guy had to do that. Like I've heard a Bagua story where a guy was like, he was a waiter and he was, you know, he was a guard for the emperor and he had to do all these different things where he had to, you know. Yeah. And he climbed the walls, and, and yeah. I mean, you know, <laughs> no, no, it's a story. But I mean, it
1: probably has some kernel of truth that particular story somewhere. And in again, there. it's yeah. a
4: story, and it doesn't necessarily have to apply to your art directly. But you could say one of the stories about Bagua is, and kind of tell yeah. people, you know, how it came to be. The other is when you show demonstration of technique, people want to be dazzled by how fast and how quick you move when you throw somebody across the floor. And you can say, you know, there's two or three different ways to do this, and you foo, 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 and throw them around. That's where you're going to captivate your audience instead of talking it through. Mm-hmm. This guy's going to step up and double-hand grab me, and as he does, I'm going to redirect his attack. And I'm gonna to <laughs> I
1: mean... Watch carefully.
4: He will emerge from the water with his gorgeous... I'm only going to drop the yeah. base once, bitches. Yeah. I, mean, <laughs> it's, I mean, it's kind of like... I mean, you know, the fat boys never went, I'm about to go... They just went. <laughs> psh, psh, psh.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. you just you just you do just the do bass. It. You just pop oh, it out with
4: your yeah. mouth. I mean, nobody yeah. actually yeah. says I'm about to do anything. So, if you want to captivate your audience, you gotta you gotta just nail it. And and you guys have done that with some of your performances. I mean, you coming out by yourself is also admirable because not a lot of guys got the balls to get up there and do a demonstration by themselves. True. You know, and and stand there alone, realizing. I am representing this art by myself. And I don't have a student to sit there and go, you're going to step this way. You're going to do this. You're going to do that. Right. And I give you full credit for that. Well,
1: I looked you know, I have looked at them as a little bit of a test for me because I don't prepare for them year round or anything like that. But mm. you know, for the last three years or so i i get that call somewhere in january it's like hey you come out? <laughs> i'm like uh okay sweet and then i've got like two weeks like oh shit what am i gonna do <laughs> <laughs> i think I, I i think i may have found a happy medium for myself in some ways because i've realized that part of what screws me up is that i i'm like okay well i want to show this this and this from the system mm. so i take you know kind of random stuff or not random stuff, but I I kind of hodgepodge stuff together and I'm like, okay, I'm going to do this and then this and then this and then this. But then I get up there on stage and there's, you know, and I've been a musician, a lot of other stuff. So there's pressure when you're on stage, Mm. even if it's not making you poop your pants, there's still pressure. You can't, you can't, it's like being in a fight. You don't think the same as you think normally. You don't do it. So every time I get up there, I screw up, but only by the definition of, what I was going to do in what order. Yeah, maybe. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So I finally decided, it's like, you know what? next. If he invites me back next time, I'm not going to plan it. I mean, I'm going to have a rough plan, but I'm not going to say, I'm going to do X, Y, Z. Just get up and do some and Bagua. This, I'm just going to do some damn Bagua because that's all I'm doing anyway. Yeah. You know? You're not there to and teach I'm, that, I'm, that entire I'm fairly comfortable with it. I can, you know, change it up at in an instant. But when I try to remember in front of an audience... To go one, two, three, four, five, mm-hmm. then drop back to this, and then put this thing here, and it's not the way we train the stuff, you know. Yeah. So uh, it
3: that always comes around to bite me. I'd have <clears throat> to agree with you on that. As a matter of fact, I, your exact situation has changed my teaching, and I th- you probably know where I'm going with this is that mm. we have in in Northern Shaolin, we actually have demonstration forms. The problem with them is that. Uh, They're considered advanced forms as far as how you progress within the system. You don't learn it until you're in the system three or four years. I can understand that from one point, but on the other point, I can't because most of like, you know, it's two guys. It's two-man form, two guys doing apps, fighting it out, yada, yada, yada. It's the form you see uh, that Yu Chong. There's photos from this form of him doing it, you know, the the typical thing with him reaching behind the back and so on and so forth. Well, most of the applications are stuff nobody in the right mind would ever try to pull on the street. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> They're cool as hell looking movie stuff, but they're not things that really you would try to pull off. And so, you know, I, I kind of disagree with the system in that it, you don't really need to be an advanced practitioner, you know, it, so long as you've got a good understanding and grounding under you. So what I've done is that I'm now actually this year, I'm focusing on one of our demonstration forms with two of my students and we are batting it out all year long simply so that when demo time comes around we have demo material. Instead of me going, oh crap what are we going to do? Are we going to do this short form and then this form and then this form? This way I've got Bam! Here's our demo stuff. A demo's coming up. Let's just do the demo stuff. Boom! Yeah. You know, it so occurs. thinking
1: it through helps. Oh dear! <laughs> that's <been my> mistake <laughs> Well, the whole you, time. you know,
2: it occurs to me too, especially if you're putting together uh, like a like a solo demonstration. Speaking of movie stuff, a video camera would probably be your best friend. No, as far true. as it goes. I mean, mm-hmm. because you've seen demonstrations before, you know, you have an idea of what is a visually what's a good demonstration. I'm sure yeah. you've seen them before. So that gives you that would give you the opportunity to kind of look at what you're doing yeah. from the perspective of your audience, basically. That's a
1: good point too. I mean we train outdoors, so you know, unless we're near a pond, we never have any idea what we look like.
4: <laughs> <laughs> Going back to the performance, I mean okay. you know, I mean if you have a hand form, a weapon and a couple of fighting applications, you balanced out your performance enough to where people can see the balance of your art. Okay. Hand form doesn't have to be very long. It can be just enough to show them the hand technique, the weapon. Because people like the flash of the weapons, they do. I mean, it's yeah. It, it's also yeah. why people are attracted to Chinese martial arts almost as a whole in the first place. Yeah. They love the swords. They love the spear. They love all the different dynamics. Fighting application just gives them a little taste of now. There's a purpose. Mm. We do a hand form. Why do we do it? Because we block, we strike, we redirect, and throw. So i mean it, it that can by itself can be its own its own performance piece i mean you know you don't need very much you just need enough to educate and to make people appreciate the martial art you're representing you know what i mean and that's i think that's enough i mean sometimes we go overboard i, I tend to do that mainly because it's probably <laughs> my school and that's why we do it but right i mean you know i again i want people to walk away feeling like man i, I came to this performance and i really thought it was a good and fun time you know i mean and well, got, every year got a you pack education. the place
1: out, and there's a lot of people in there that aren't martial arts students. Oh, exactly. Yeah. They just yeah. want to have a little taste of the cultural experience. Good time. And, and, yeah. yeah. Go they want a bonus a New Year's, what they want, so but yeah. Yeah, hey, <laughs> who can blame them? <laughs>
3: <laughs> and I, I got to thank you, actually, um, because I came to you last year uh, and, and asked you for some tips, and you, you mentioned basically that same exact thing. And that's basically why I did the straight sword this <laughs> past year is because... I wanted to up my game and, and that seemed the best way to do it. And I think I got a better response kind yep. of from the crowd this year. Yep. Yeah,
4: that and that was, was good. good. I mean it was
1: very well done. All right. Well, I think we've tackled everything we need to hit there, unless anybody else has anything else to throw in. I think I think that's good. All right. Well, we're gonna move along into the media. Oh no wait. We're not uh, shooting job, not. Craig. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Bar, tits, and you. Sounds like a good combination. (laughs) Put it all together and you have bar titsu. No joke. (laughs) It's actually more than just a combo of bar tits and you. Hooters. But it's an old. What else
1: is there? <laughs> That's Hooters, right? True, true.
3: Herpes, I'm assuming. <laughs> okay. On a good night. On <laughs> a
1: good night. I told you not to Roll the dice. That. I want some gonorrhea. <laughs> it's better than
3: hempies. <laughs> but actually, it's an old MMA, believe it or not, popular in the late 19th century in Britain. Combining elements of jujitsu, jitsu bare-knuckle boxing, savate, and cane or walking stick applications.
4: Sherlock Holmes. Yeah, hey, It's go. popular these days. Jack the Ripper, mate. You know, what well, I'm you saying? know, Jack
3: r- the Ripper. I like the Rip Jack. Yeah, <laughs>
4: people uh, people no.
1: sniff at the cane. <laughs> <laughs> people sniff at the cane, but I tell you, there's no other weapon you can carry anywhere.
4: I've had a few people. Uh, oh, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. You know, those on a plane.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you can walk onto an airplane <laughs> with a cane, and nobody will look at you twice. Meanwhile, they will take your nail clippers away. Yeah, it's it's true. like, holy shit, people. I could beat your face in with a stick, but these nail clippers, what am I going to do? Trim your nails? <laughs> File them a little? <laughs> I, yeah. Nah, it's just ridiculous. Okay. <clears throat> well, there's now, your Judy. There's my Judy. Nice.
3: Now all you need is a punch. This punch, is high up, by punch. the way. Punching Judy. Hey.
4: Nice.
1: Hey, while we're on the subject, Douglas, you got a duty top for us? Little Judy? Judy, Judy. Little Judy. like, <laughs> no, I, was like, no, I don't. <laughs> 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 our,
5: our buddy Douglas, who is still in town for a Judy so we were... <laughs> job. <laughs> Judy, Judy, Judy. Some people may not realize it was speaking of Bartitsy. European, oh. particularly British martial arts stuff. There are Celtic forms of wrestling out there. Well, yeah. Or as we say in South Georgia, wrestling. Wrestling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? Tim Goeagin. Celtic? Yeah, Celtic yeah, that's right. Celtic wrestling—that's <laughs> exactly Celtic. right. You've been reading my mind, no? Uh, and I find it very fascinating, and I'm hoping to see more of this. You can look around on the internet and find information about it. And I know recently we had the fellow on talking about Mongolian wrestling and Sambo and so forth. And there, you can see if you look at different ones, there's a lot of overlap. It's good stuff. So uh, it's, it's out there. That's the bulk. fact. Look so, so
1: Wikipedia, Celtic wrestling. Yeah. That's
5: yeah, and so there forth. you go. You
1: people should really be on the internet, not listening to this crap anyway. <laughs> if they're <laughs> listening to don't, this, they're don't, on I was the internet. Say, don't they, don't they right. find this on the internet? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, it's like an enigma wrapped in a riddle. Hey, And if you guys get tired
4: of listening to any of this stuff that we've said so far, you can always go to Slap Chop Rap because that's an awesome (laughs) song.
1: (laughs) I blame that for the entire way this podcast is going. (laughs) (laughs)
4: Because, I mean, you guys haven't played it yet, and I'm just waiting because, you know, Slap Chop Rap is the song.
1: We may wrap up the show with that. Oh! (laughs) But now coming to you from the steam tunnels beneath the uh, Atlanta city limits, uh,
3: here's Greg with the news. <laughs> <Deep-deep-deep-deep-deep-deep>. <laughs> deep 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 deep. For those of y'all unaware, we are recording this out of Atlanta, Georgia, and just this past weekend we had UFC fight one four five. <sighs> I, I knew we were going to get to that. Yeah, I, you I, asked me yeah, if we were. I knew we were. All right. I, John Jones won. He beat Rashad Evans. Unanimous decision out at Phillips Arena. Uh, he fought to retain his World Light slash Heavyweight Championship. Not really sure what that means. <laughs> not an MMA guy. but You're heavy, but not that heavy. Yeah, <laughs> I really don't get that. Just I was like,
1: always confused by cruiserweight. Was that just for the guys who were fat? What?
3: <laughs> anyway, never mind. So anyway, this guy, Jones. Uh, Jones. Oh, goodness yeah beat him out with a record of 16 and one very nice he's also uh the record holder for the longest reach in ufc history he's got (laughs) (laughs) 84.5 oh i love it anyway the fight went five rounds unanimous decision jones won it and uh that's all for that story well you know i was was
1: working last night and i
3: saw some of this
1: because the bar next door had it on their tvs huh And everybody else was watching it from our bar. So So it was a bit of a slow night for a while there. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I I watched it, and it certainly wasn't the fireworks show I was expecting.
3: No, no. Actually, when I was researching the story, I I, kind of looked all over the Internet for more information. And it seemed, you know, it sounded like it was a great fight, but it was... It was an okay fight. it was like yeah,
2: yeah it was in, in US Although you got to give that
1: Jones got credit I mean, he is unorthodox like, at one point, they were clenching, and he just starts hopping and hitting the guy with his shoulder in the face. I tend
2: to
3: hop when I clinch. myself. Yeah,
1: That's huh, not man. bad. <laughs> See, <I'm, laughs> I, I like, seen that. I like well, you what know, you why just not? said, the
3: shoulder to the face, yeah, man. That's uh, very Kung Fu, dude.
1: They haven't ruled that out yet, so he's just going to, I'm like, okay, well, what do we, boom, boom, boom. I'm going to hop and hit you with my shoulder. The only time I, I clinch
4: is when I want to get off the toilet. I mean, really, <laughs> I just, I'm just kind of done at that point, you know?
3: <laughs> I had to clinch earlier. Remember I had to pee? Yeah, uh, yeah well, that's right. We talked about that. It's pretty good. I'm, I think I'm almost <laughs> there again. So what I'm going to do is move on to the next news story. Now, Okay, this is good a idea. This is a whopper. <laughs> oh, a whopper.
0: <laughs> that it's usually a means whopper. lie.
3: No. <laughs> Has anybody here heard of Sanda? I think. Oh, yeah. I, All right. I got my hand up. So we got two guys from Alabama heading up to Virginia. Oh, you know what? Hmm. I like the story already. Uh, yeah. I bet yeah. you do. <laughs> <laughs> this is about to get greasy. <laughs> no, I'm not kidding. This, this is actually pretty, <laughs> pretty decent. It's very interesting. Oh, okay. This next Saturday, all right, up in Virginia, the two guys from Alabama wait, wait, going wait, up, from Alabama MMA to guys, to fight in this contest. The interesting bit about it is there's one more fighter. To fight in this not san san da, but san do, the way of three, oh. one ring, three guys, all at the same time. Now, I saw that movie. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if this is a fight or a porn movie, but. <laughs> It's three rounds, three minutes each. Wait, is, it, is it two on one or is it just a free-for-all? <laughs> it's free-for-all. Okay. It straight up is. It's a free-for-all. Well, you know the politics
1: is going to work out where two of those guys are going to gang up on one just to get him out of the way. Yep, and once
3: once the one guy is dropped, the two guys go at it with typical MMA, UFC rule set. Okay. Um, So I'm curious how this is going to play out. I I really thought somebody misspelled something when I was doing my research. (laughs) I'm like, oh, what a moron. He got some, you know... Call me when they've got 10 of them in there freestyling. Oh, jeez. It's ridiculous, but it's probably because of guys like us talking about how does. MMA deal with multiple Multiple opponents. There you go. And so they're like, oh, we can do it all. So they do. They're like, you know what? We heard that
2: podcast episode.
3: (laughs) and uh, (laughs) We've got to do something about this. We're burning
1: with shame. We have to correct those guys (laughs) over at high are
2: really fucking us in the ass over here. So
1: what are we going to (laughs) do? Well, we got to come up with something. Think. Think, boys.
3: Think. The interesting (laughs) bit about this, though, is that this is their answer to that. However, from what I've, I've read so far, it's a stand up match until it goes down to two guys, and then it becomes full MMA UFC. Okay. So, at the beginning, it's full contact, but stand up, you know? Because if you were to involve the rest of it, then it would take their argument and throw it out the window. Ah, uh, well, yeah. Two guys. Fighting, my, my advice you know, to these guys the is
1: the enemy of your enemy is your friend. That's all I have to say on
3: that. There you go. That's the enemy of your enemy you is your friend. friend. You're so deep. <laughs> that crazy. Not yet. Who Hold on, on y'all. <laughs> so if, you're in it? <laughs> <laughs> if you're interested in more information about the Sando, just look up SandoEvent.com. That's S A N D O E V. The rest of the end. All right. <laughs> and for those of you living in the South, and I think there's one of us here in the room. Ooh. Wait, no. Oh, hey. All right. <laughs> Down here, it's NASCAR County and NASCAR country. Do Do we what? know <laughs> Dale Earnhardt. Who? J- Dale Earnhardt. Dale. <laughs> Overhill? You are, no, Overdale. You are talking about Junior, right? <laughs> Actually, I'm talking about the grandson. Grandson has
4: recently got into
3: MMA. Okay, because
2: um, don't you say a word about Senior. I'll have to whoop your fucking ass.
4: Boy, I know. you <laughs> would. And boy, let me tell you something. you smoke a turd in hell if you talk bad about the Earnhardt family. <laughs>
3: In purgatory. (laughs) Purgatory. But yeah, he's recently gotten to MMA and his coach says he's pretty decent and all that good stuff. And uh, I I put some thought to it and it's kind of interesting because obviously he's dealing uh, with, you know, he's an adrenaline junkie, right? So he's used to dealing with Performing under pressure, basically. So I think it'll be interesting to see how he does overall. Long. I think
1: he's gonna put a ramp outside the ring. (laughs) (laughs) You know, watch me go. You know, there's got to be
2: a cross section of people all over the South that are going. Well, I wonder if he's gonna live up to his granddaddy's legacy in the ring.
3: I mean, you know, the, the referee says, go, well, actually, NASCAR nice is, well, uh, you know nice <laughs> yeah.
4: is a ring. You know what? NASCAR is a ring. So it's all the same. It's it like relevant in some kind of Zen booty ism yeah. kind of way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're going to
2: say,
3: just turn left, son. Turn left.
1: <laughs> that's all you got to know. Go that's fast, right, turn left. Right. Right. We ain't you got no corners
3: it. in this. loop. get out of that corner. That's right, boy. That's right. And that's the news for you for this segment. Deep, deep, deep. <laughs> Deep D. <laughs> well, thank you for
1: newsing us up there, Craig. You know
3: I would. We have, us up.
1: We couldn't have gone far <laughs> We are in that. the South, my friend. <laughs> All right. Everybody be quiet. Listen. <laughs> He's got karate. <laughs> <laughs> he kissed the baby. Sony a- Pictures <laughs> Classics. 20 elite cops <laughs> One psycho and a wife beater One ruthless crime lord
4: <laughs> One hour and 45 minutes of killing 30 floors of, of chaos <laughs> Night walkers
1: Good morning everyone We have some guests trawling the halls today now go to work
0: and,
3: lupa. Brr, sanang, sanang.
1: and please enjoy yourself. <laughs> From the
2: company that brought you Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, and
1: Kung Fu Hustle. Never mind that this movie's not like any of them. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Best action movie in decades. From somebody I couldn't read that fast. <laughs> <laughs>
4: that was cool, sweet. Reverse. From the director. Action um,
2: movies don't get much more exciting or inventive from someone else whom I couldn't read fast <laughs> enough. Spectacular, incredible, exhilarating. From someone
3: else. <laughs> Got some pretty the sweet raid. camera shots Rind going it. on there, though.
4: Roaches beware! Yeah. Raid! <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's good stuff. Oh, man. You know what? That is good stuff.
3: That's the raid,
1: folks. I'm going to tell you right up front, if you don't like gore or realistic violence, you should not go
2: see this. I love gore and realistic violence. Because there's the
1: action game. and adventure. This is not action and adventure. This is action and violence nice. and violence and violence and violence. But they're,
3: damn, they're creative with this shit. <laughs> I think our audience is going to be okay with that, though. I hope so, because I'm
1: okay with But even I, I got to tell you, this thing is so over the top in some ways that even I was sitting there, and I'm like, god damn, like I love watching martial arts and I love watching violence because I'm just built that way. But this movie is exhausting me.
0: <laughs> I mean, if
1: you're somebody who likes a a kung fu movie that has a love story and a plot and I all don't that care other stuff. That shit. I mean, there's a little of that in there, but holy shit, man. They t- I non There are some kills in here that are unbelievable and like something I've never actually seen in a movie before. Okay, one guy working through a hallway of thugs. He has uh, a police tonfa style baton and a knife. And he proceeds to stab everyone in the neck and and and, <laughs> and hit them with a saying. And it's it's portrayed realistically. Now, when I say realistically, I don't mean any of this shit
3: could actually happen that way. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> life what, doesn't really go down like it does in the movies. I mean, no part. matter
1: how badass you are, and they sort of nodded at this, like he was exhausted after he did this and confused and whatever. Mm-hmm. But you know, the, the like it has certain martial arts movie tropes like the the lead actors uh good both good guys and bad guys can take way more punishment than any person oh, could. Of you know you get flying side kicked in the head and jump up and do something else nah, that, you know, <laughs> no <laughs> if somebody actually lands with something that, that ridiculous out, you. on you <clears throat> now the the mad dog character and you know it's it's ironic a couple of my favorite foolish movies mm-hmm. have a mad dog oh, i'm talking is. hard-boiled john woo and this thing, the Mad Dog character—it's actually call him dog face. It's Go in the trivia for this. Ra. This guy was training Indonesian special forces in the, mm. in the early nineties. He is badass, and he follows that martial arts movie trope of, and you know, Asian societies are collectivists. They're not like Western societies, so you're going to have a bad guy in a lot of these movies that it takes at least two of the good guys to beat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like no, the good guys are the good guys, but.
3: No one of them singly could beat this bad guy. Right, so they have to team up to beat him. It's it's very much like a video game, in, in my opinion. You've got the underboss, and then you got the higher boss.
1: Like, yeah, like,
5: a, like well, Double Dragon. Hey, yeah, two guys. We're, we're gonna the,
1: let Douglas have the mic for a minute. With the, with he, the he, Dragon. He, doubling. Yeah,
5: I was gonna say in that same video game uh, yeah. string of thought there. I found it very like a video game. I don't even play a lot of video games, but watching it because of this singularly absurd concept that they go into this complex, this big apartment complex and have to work their way up through levels and defeat various bosses. And you know, till they get to the ultimate bad guy,
1: they did so, have a decent explanation. Oh, for and that, they
5: though. did a very interesting explanation. Yeah.
1: So yeah. it, it, it could, which we of, won't spoil right <laughs> i'm
2: assuming it's something better than no man that building's always been that way unless you go in there ready to kill 600 no, it, fucking people
1: and it, before you it, can get out it, it involves dirty cops <laughs> and uh, mm-hmm. i'll spoil this much once they get in there and they realize everything's gone assholes and elbows mm-hmm. there's uh there's no way they can call out for help because they're not supposed to be there ah. right right so, which is an nice. interesting
5: setup yeah um the whole thing would seem, uh, on the surface, almost like a grindhouse kind of setup. But as you said, once they get into it, it is very realistic, again, at least compared to many other martial arts films. And and I would certainly underscore what you were saying about the level of violence. Uh, at the same time, if you're an admirer of unusual kills and this sort of thing, you'll find a you'll lot to enjoy. You'll be in heaven with this movie. Yes.
1: Oh, the
3: door frame? The broken
5: door? Yes. Oh, my God. I love it already. You guys got to stop.
3: <laughs> okay, so, so and this is horrible, and it might get edited out, but I just want to p- point this out, that uh, I was supposed to go see this movie also. <laughs> Thank you to basically the wife who said, I'm not sure what we're going to do, so just hang on, hang on for a second. As David and Doug are walking out the door, I'm like, baby, please. Okay, that's my chance. <laughs> please, Give me please, an I'll answer. Of course, the answer came after they were long gone, so I'm, I'm frustrated about it. but Well, women
1: ahead. live to punish us, and, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we, accept and it. we accept it gratefully, too. Yeah, that's right, because the pleasing is that much better.
5: Oh, yeah, okay. I, I would say, in, in addition to... Your, I think, excellent point about the collectivist mentality versus the long gunman hero of the Western film. Right. Um, It's interesting to see some of the shifting shades of characters within this particular film. Over here, we often get... It's gotten a little better lately, but these very stereotypical good guy, bad guy things. And in this movie, you you might say some of these people are still bad guys, but that you, you get a little bit more into their motivation and mindset and so forth. I've seen that. And everything's not necessarily all right, you know, after everything goes down. So it's really cool that way. Yeah.
1: And I thought they did a good job. Again, this is very plot light, but the plot points they stick in, um, which again, I I won't even mention them because it's a spoiler if I drop it out there, but they managed to add, you know, some flavor to both sides. It's you know, the guys are not just faceless evil people in the building. Yeah, they, they each one of them has their own story, and so sometimes that plays out to help the good guys,
5: or not. It doesn't. <laughs> and, and the same mix is yeah. not just the high villains and the and the law enforcement, and so forth, but even amongst the residents in the who are living in the apartment complex.
1: Right. Some of them are just people that are mm-hmm. stuck in the damn building, and some of them are you know
5: hired killers with
1: machine guns. Yeah. So <laughs>
5: nice. Um, Definitely recommend it on my part.
1: Yeah. So, uh, and this is also one of those movies. Oh, man, yeah, you ain't looking for my porno <laughs> sites, are you? A- <laughs> you know what he's looking for. You know, you know
3: already what he's looking for. We all know what he's looking for. Okay. <laughs> we'll, get
1: a- we'll get around to that. Um- <laughs> oh, we can't leave this man alone for a minute. All right. <laughs> Well, I'm going to wrap this up pretty quickly, but I will say that uh, a this is an Indonesian movie that got a spotty but wide release in America. Now, if you're not going to go see this movie because at the beginning it becomes apparent that everybody that lives there is a Muslim, then you know whatever, screw you. Get out there <laughs> if you like the, if you like martial arts movies and you like hardcore action. You can't really do much better than this. I'm going to buy the damn thing on DVD because there's so much in there you can't keep up with. Oh, it, I love it. I, I, I'm
3: mm-hmm. I'm seriously jealous. You really that I can't want to keep up it, with. Just it. even from that trailer, I could see like at that ending clip, dude. All that little short range stuff. I was like, oh, that was beautiful. And that
1: d- and Douglas can tell you that really is just a bare taste of just what goes t- on. Oh, in this tiny, yeah. Day. You know, I got I
2: got to say though, speaking of realism, I've only really been exhausted and disoriented after I. Neck knifed thirty fucking guys one time in my life. Well, sure. really? Every other time, <laughs> dude, I'm totally accurate. Well, yeah, what, the, you roll
1: up to the Burger I, King
2: I, and have yeah. a snack. <laughs> I, I got to throw this in from a very
3: serious point of view, from a very serious martial arts point of view. One of the reasons that that I respect just even the movie where it's coming from the setup is you're not going to be doing many flying sidekicks when you're in a you know a three foot long right. hallway from width to width, you know whatever and so you have to go for take your shit and narrow it down and I love that you know yeah. especially if you got a long range fighter type guy there's a lot of it. and then there's even some suspense the scene
1: inside mm-hmm. the walls is, yeah. is really good some use within
5: the uh, stairwells there in yep the well, light absolutely. and dark okay it's you've really both cool. seen it I, I haven't and I want to
1: and now I'm going to have to I do both. too hey we all can right. go well, you know it. what <laughs> As You're I speak, it's still in the theaters around here. It got picked up by a couple more theaters. Really? really? Awesome. Yeah. All right. So it depends on your support, and there's two more of them coming. Check it out, y'all. I was wondering the about Raid that. With
3: Redemption. There's the Raid Redemption. More the reason they hung yeah.
1: the Redemption title on It's it's was originally called The Raid, and in and, and Indonesian dialect, the, the actual title was something like Dangerous Mission or something wow. like that. But they tagged this redemption thing on there, which I still don't really get after seeing the movie, but maybe, maybe it'll make well, it doesn't sense. Matter. It's the, the national...
5: alliteration. The redeems yep. that. I think it was a bit misleading, even. Yeah. Yeah, considering, but in a good but, way.
1: But now we have a special interlude from our special guest. <laughs> Go ahead. Do it. You want to do it. Do it. I know you do. Know
4: Hi, it's Fitz with slap chop chop chop
0: <laughs>
1: oh I wish this was a video oh, podcast. No. <laughs> <laughs> <We need> to... <laughs> Put some tuna fish in there, baby. Oh boys like the tuna fish. <laughs>
4: Stop having boring life. At this point, I feel like stop a person. boring wife. Stop up a boring wife. All <right>. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to have to stop
1: you there. What? <laughs> stop <laughs> up a boring wife. So that's the slap chop, <laughs> that's folks. A good Look it up, it'll be in the show notes yeah. for sure. <laughs> All right, well, this has been a drunken and ridiculous episode of High Ya the Martial Arts Podcast. Ooh, I've enjoyed it immensely. I've had a great damn time tonight. It's a much better Much better time than I was having when I woke up today. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. And so if we said anything that offends, uh, we won't remember it tomorrow. Good. (laughs) We're glad we offend you.
4: Now, before (laughs) we go, there's a few things we must
1: do. One of them is we all need to be quiet and take a deep breath and listen to this evening's martial arts. Quote.
3: Give it dulcetly.
4: Yeah, dulcet up your tones there, and the sound of one hand clapping is masturbation. (laughs) Dear, that's the sound
3: of one hand fapping.
1: (laughs) Okay,
4: fine. (laughs) To become a champion
3: is not so very difficult, really. What is extremely difficult is to remain one. Aldo Nadi, on pencil.
1: Nice. Slipped in a Western Martian. There you there.
4: go. <laughs> hey, all you Westies
3: out there. There you have it.
4: <FAIS> do-, do what? Do what? Do what now? <laughs> D. With what? W- with whom? And when? D. O- right. W. W. H. U. T. Do what? Dot com. Mr. Ducks. Okay,
1: <laughs>
4: oh
2: wow.
1: <alligator Hampers> okay. Well, I want to thank. Gary Mitchell. See Gary you, Mitchell. Thank you. Thank you. We're so coming in here thank and you drinking all my damn you. beer. Well, <laughs>
4: I'm sorry. Blame my genetics. It's all their fault. That's true. Guys, I've been honored. It's fucking awesome to be here. You guys are I love what you're doing. Keep it up, because I mean martial arts teachers don't get it, always get a chance to, to say their thoughts and, and feelings about what they do. And you guys are giving them a voice, and that's that's commendable by Hundredfold, so thank you guys very well, much. We Excellent. want to remind everybody
1: that we may be masters, but we have feet, shins, probably knees of clay. So, uh, <laughs> we also have.
4: <laughs> <laughs> okay, put that away. <laughs> if you want to know what's under the kilt,
1: hey, all you gotta hey. do is lift.
4: Um, lift and got sniff. Got three Scotsmen in here. So. <laughs> lift so, and sniff, baby. Lift
1: and
3: sniff. So <laughs> lift and sniff.
1: if you're willing to at this point, why don't you go ahead and tell the audience where they can Drop reach you. Uh, what, what's your what's your information? You know, after is? this podcast, I don't know if I want
4: them to <laughs> you. You might as well. We're going to put it on the website anyway. Yeah, uh, We're <laughs> www.chienhong.com. Dot dot Our email address is c h i e n h o n g underscore U.S. at Yahoo.com.
1: Sweet. All right. There you have it. Uh, I want to thank Magnificent Jay for pulling another one out of the hat. Indeed. You're quite welcome. Thank Keeping you, Keeping us all regular. I want to thank uh, <laughs> <laughs> Douglas. Like, like X-Lax. Yeah, He's yeah, in a holding pattern. Thanks for coming back You are the fiber one of
4: this podcast, brother. <laughs> <laughs> Keeping us regular.
1: The oh, Metamucil of martial arts. Episodes. Yes. <laughs>
3: we appreciate it.
1: All right, yeah, thanks, Doug. Uh, Craig, my co-host, as always, we're going to snuggle, punch, oh, and yeah. whatever <laughs> else later. Don't forget
2: to check us out at HiyaPodcast.com. Hiya!
0: H-I-Y-A-A Podcast.
2: Right. Uh You can send any uh, questions or comments to Mailbag at HiyaPodcast.com and check us out on Facebook.
1: Yes,
3: Do all absolutely. those things. and. And uh, you know,
1: maybe we'll do something you actually want to hear if you tell us
3: what it is. Exactly, you guys got to communicate with us. We got some, uh, you know, we hit uh, on this a couple episodes ago, but we've got some contests in the bag. We got prizes. We got all that good stuff. Yeah, but and we're know saving. We the we're saving
1: that until we know we have the numbers. Exactly. So now, we uh, need you guys yeah. to to get public with your feedback. Tell your friends. Participate. There's something on the Facebook page right now. I want to know what high you listeners want to be called. We actually have one suggestion. Already. We did have a suggestion, and it's one we thought of ourselves. But you know, it's a little narrow.
3: Yeah, I like up.
1: it, but it's a little narrow.
3: It is. And come fools, come on. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but you know, other podcasts. Caustic Soda has the Soda Jerks. Right. Frogpan Studios has the tadpool. Oh, we nice. Need, we need something pithy and elegant to call. Don't you come up with something easy like, like the
3: Choppers. Come on, use your yeah, mind. Yeah. Use your creativity. Yeah. 'Cause we can't do it. So
1: we need your help. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> so thanks for the feedback. We're glad to finally get some. And on the count of three, everybody. One, two, three, see hi-ya. ya. Hi-ya.
3: <laughs> I like oh, it. I thought we better. were just getting started. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well,
4: we are. Slap chop. <laughs>
3: In front of me, color of her eyes, where the color of insanity. Crushed beneath her wave, like a ship I could not reach the shore. We're all just dancers on the Her
4: insecurity Mother have been a drunk And her father was obscurity Nothing ever